Hello, this is P. Andrew Sandlin, founder and president of the Center for Cultural Leadership. Recently, the theologian Michael Horton criticized Donald Trump for inviting Paula Jones, the televangelist, for speaking at his inauguration. She's a well-known proponent of the health and wealth gospel, or prosperity gospel. This is the teaching, a heresy really, that God has promised all Christians health and wealth and earthly well-being if they just have sufficient faith. And if you lack a great deal of money, or if you lack health, the problem is that you simply lack faith. The biblical counterexamples are so many that this view hardly needs any refutation. There were godly people in the Bible that were poor and ill and suffered greatly for their faith. And it wasn't because they lacked faith. There is, however, another heresy, a heresy that Horton did not mention, but one that I'm going to concentrate on, and that is the nearly opposite heresy. If Paula Jones's heresy is the health and wealth heresy, let's call this heresy the sick and poor heresy. This is the heresy that tends to neglect all of the promises of God's word to God's people if they get on their face before God and pray that he will provide for their needs and that he will heal them and he will give them strength to fight the world, the flesh, and the devil. We can't simply excise these texts from the Bible just because heretics like Paula Jones misuse them. For instance, God told ancient Israel that if they followed him and obeyed his law, that he would allow none of the diseases of the Egyptians to fall on them. He said, if you are sick, call for the elders of the church to anoint over you and pray and you'll be healed. Again, he told ancient Israel that if they're faithful to him and to his holy law, that he will bless them materially. Jesus told his disciples that if they have earthly needs, they should pray to their precious father, who, like a good earthly father, or better than an earthly father, will provide their very needs. Jesus himself promised his disciples that in this life, he would give them wealth and friends and riches in addition to tribulation that they would endure for being his followers. The Bible teaches that at certain times, certain Christians can suffer great illness and great deprivation. And at other times, they can be very wealthy and they can be well. It also teaches that there are two different classes of Christians, equally devout, some who suffer and some who do not. What it does teach, and what it teaches most emphatically, is that if we got on our faces before God, and we cry out to him for great provision and great healing, that we can expect God, in the majority of cases, to answer us. But we live in an age of pious unbelief. Christians, including Christian preachers and teachers, no longer take seriously the promises of the Word of God. They are operational deists. They act as though God is far, far away. They act as though he has simply established his moral law, and if we obey his moral law, we might get through this life without too many difficulties. They have forgotten his promises to the saints in Malachi that if they give and give faithfully and live obedient lives, he will open up the storehouse of heaven and bless his people mightily. They seem not to understand that when God's people fall into great misery and great difficulty and great suffering, it is often specifically so that they will cry out to the great God of heaven and earth and that he'll deliver them and bless them mightily and thus show his great strength 
and thus honor himself in the eyes of their enemies and in the eyes of the entire world. Think carefully about this point. If today you're impoverished, if you're ridiculed for your faith, if you're suffering illness, it might very well be that God has led you into these difficulties for the specific purpose of your turning to him so that he can demonstrate in the eyes of the world before your family and before your friends and especially before unbelievers and his enemies his greatness and his might and exalt his people. You are not self-centered to pray for these great blessings, this great bounty. Oh, just the opposite. You are being God-centered. You're asking God to glorify himself mightily in the earth on behalf of his people, which he delights to do. If you don't believe this, simply read the history of Israel. Read the history of the primitive church in the book of Acts in dire circumstances. And yet again and again, God came to their aid because they cried out to him. To believe that God has destined you and me to live in poverty and in deprivation and in illness indicates his sovereign decree could be to seriously misunderstand the purposes of God and attempt to rob him of his glory. God has promised to advance his kingdom in the earth and to use his people to do it. Let us march forward in faith after we spend time on our knees before him, claiming his great and glorious promises. This is P. Andrew Sandlin for the Center for Cultural Leadership, christianculture.com.